You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. You see, I drew, dragged this box in here. You, why do you have a box for this We're show? Doing a this live sh- unboxing, but none of you can watch because it's a podcast. Yeah, you can listen to the live unboxing. What I, what do you think is going to be in here? I, I'm assuming it's something Akatar themed. Um, well, is it an advent clue. calendar? No, I'm damn, sorry. Damn, I'm so close. We're close to advent, guys. By the way, this, when this comes out, I don't know where we'll be. <laughs> what do we got? Oh. <gasps> Oh, Marjorie has purchased the rest of the books. Guys, this is it. Full Why commitment. is this book so big? Listen, <laughs> Silver Flames is a book that will break you and rebuild you one word at a time. Yeah, I have bought the rest of... What's the series called? Is it just called A Court of Thorns and Roses yeah, series? Yeah, that's what I call it. Okay. It's one of those <laughs> series that's just like the first book is the series yeah, title like by The default, Hunger, like Games. Hunger Games. By default, yeah. I, think, um, I believe so. So also shout out, I got these from bookshop.org. Um, that's where you should buy your books if you're going to buy them online because it supports small and indie bookstores. I like that. See, because I'm always uh, tentative about that. So great. Oh, I'm looking at my favorite book of all time right now. I'm holding the next installment, A Court of Mist and Fury, because this is the penultimate episode of this book, I think. I was actually thinking we do a full book one recap at the I, end. Yeah, I thought. I thought we needed like a, a middle, a, like a little a little bonus chapter where we discuss and then we speculate for the next book. Absolutely, and, then, and I'll and look then, up yeah. fan theories and things from before this one was published. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just to make it fun, like right. the way we used to we with the little, Harry Potter book. A little palate cleanser. Absolutely. Well, welcome. If you haven't figured it out yet, this is a pod of mass and methods and this is where we discuss the massiverse and we started with akatar because that is the book i started with and also this is my favorite of the three series although that is debated by most fans <laughs> and uh, i guess uh, she's making the podcast so she makes the rules i get to do what i would like here. you want a, the books in a different order you make your own podcast buddy and i will consume it Yes. <laughs> and you've I, already got one listener. I, Woo! I promise I will consume it and I will <laughs> like all your things online. All right. Um, so my name is Allie. I am a fantasy, avid, romance, bodice ripper reader. And I came across this series uh, during COVID and since then have been an avid, avid fan and read all of mm-hmm. SJM's books multiple times. And I am Marjorie, and this is my first time reading Sarah J. Mass, despite being fairly well read across lots of genres, but fantasy in particular. Yeah. So here we are. It's our pod mast. That's so cute. I can't get over it. And we're sisters, <laughs> but we're not like the Archerons. We're like the Banes. Yeah. Which is just our last name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't get that reference, it's, just, it's a reference to us. <laughs> All right. Let's do a five sentence summary all right you're first this week but i'm gonna say first this is chapters 42 43 43 42 yes <laughs> right chapters. you get to, i got to the last word and then yes 40 yeah. through 42 i thought i was being so slick putting the chapter titles in and i couldn't even say the right ones all right by sentence summary is it you or me you start all right um it is second task time, and Farah is put into another pit. Farah is confronted with her biggest fear, reading, and Reese helps her cheat. Farah has a breakdown for a chapter. She goes slightly insane, and Reese uses his craziness to make her less crazy. And that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect 
five sentence summary. I know. I think we just need to do three chapters. Apparently, I guess that's it. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. This again is the Reese and Farrah show. Boom. I love it. <laughs> right. I'm so excited. But your first summary this week. So go ahead and tell us your title for chapter right. forty. Chapter forty. This is a little self-referential, but I called it the pit and the coot quiz. <laughs> I called it, um, in the words of Gaston, women shouldn't bleed. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Here's my quick little summary. We are, again, in the second task. Um, Pharaoh's put in a pit that has spikes coming down, and Lucian is chained on the other side. And there is a riddle on the wall with three levers with three answers and she has to pull the right one but she can't read it and then reese communicates through to her through the tattoo um to give her the correct answer and uh then the last sentence i put on my summary is Feyre has a panic attack and Reese shows up and licks her face. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. If somebody ever licked the tears off my face, I would vomit in their mouth. <laughs> I would be like, this is the worst I thing. Don't know. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me is what I would Yeah, think. this is this is all the other things would make you vomit, but the this <laughs> this, this part. Would. This, this one, one would. would. This one vomit. you understand, Feyre. You should have been vomiting this time. <laughs> right. Where right. was your vomit now? Uh, yeah, this is crazy. She comes into the second task and refers to Amarantha twice as a queen mm -hmm. in the first like couple sentences, which I am I misunderstanding or is it just because she's usually on a throne that Farah is calling her that? She's not really a queen. Well, I feel like people have referred to her as the fairy queen or maybe just Farah as the fairy queen in the prose. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's sort of made herself above all of these high lords. You know, right, right. So because of that, she's become sort of their queen because hmm. she's outside of this normal so this structure of their system of these different courts. Yeah, I can see that. I just see her so far below the king of Highburn, but I guess we right. don't know enough about him yet to make that call. And also, like fairy queen, like I feel like that's like something from mythology. So it hmm. just sounds yeah. good. It looks good on the page. Lots of evil queens and stepmothers and powerful women in, in fantasy. I mean, what would you call her instead? A dictator? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. A captor? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I mean, she is... I mean, she's ruling over these people like she's a queen. She is like a queen. You're right. Um, an absolute monarch. Mm -hmm. But this is a different room. She's taken into a different room, and there's fairies still laughing at her. And her. Yeah, still a pit. Her Tamlin's looking at her. Um... I think, do you think it's because Tamlin knows what the task is? That he's, mm -hmm. like, staring her down? Because he hasn't really looked at her until now. Um. Does he know she's going to have to read? I think he knows. He's like, shit. Or when, when he's staring at her, is it before she descends or after? Before. I don't know. Yeah. I, that didn't clock with me, so I don't have comment on that. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. Um, but yet, there's no preamble here. She just puts her down in the pit. Oh, yeah. I mean... This yeah. seems like the floor of the Disney uh, haunted mansion. Yeah, it's really, I mean, okay, like spikes, whether it's the walls closing in or spikes coming down, a very, like, iconic type of booby trap type situation. Very Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a Pit million, and the Pendulum. Pit and Pendulum, a million things, yeah. you know. Um, very iconic. And, yeah, there is no preamble because, you know, Amarantha is, is becoming less and less fair. Yeah, so she puts her in there and then kind of says, look, I, I'm so nice. I gave you three options, mm. which leads me to believe if we could have read the riddle, it would have been such a unfair or trick question mm. um, that presumably Amarantha thought maybe a human couldn't, couldn't understand. Figure out. Yeah, because she totally is like... Um... She's discriminatory towards humans, hates yes. humans, thinks hates they're humans. stupid, wants them enslaved, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I think it was interesting that, I mean, Feyre came to the deduction that Amarantha didn't know that Feyre couldn't read. Because she would have gloated. She, she would have gloated. So she was just kind of gloating about like, haha, like your friends over here, blah, 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 solve it in this amount of time. Though, seriously, one in three is pretty good chances of survival. Yeah. 
absolutely. I'd like a 33.3% chance of getting it right. Right. So maybe she's more interested with toying with her than killing her at this point. Maybe she's like waiting for a grand hurrah in the task number three. Maybe she also like play a different note, Amarantha. Why Lucian again? Can also, we... why a pit again? Yeah. Let's put her up in the air with spikes coming up towards her. Yeah. Or like lower her. Or, into yeah, layer to a ball. Yes. Like, let's like, just um, say lower to a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Let's do something like that. I mean, a, a little one note, Amarantha. Just saying. <laughs> a little one note on your crimes. Wait, I what mean... is it? What does Feyre sound out? It's something about the grasshoppers that were bouncing. Yeah. yeah. Three grasshoppers were bouncing. That's all she sounds out. I could not find this riddle online. However, I did find that there was an English poem by Sir Henry John Newbolt, and the poem is called Rillaby Rill, and it's about grasshoppers in a band that are playing for fairies. And the only reason mm. it might be connected is it was turned into a song. In the original poem, there were four grasshoppers, but the song for children had three grasshoppers. Interesting. So, it might just be a little reference, a little Sarah J. Moss reference that she puts in there towards right. that story. Which I um, thought maybe she likes stuff like that. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. So, but you were mentioning why Lucian again. It's because it's the double whammy. Hurt Feyre, hurt Tamlin. Right. It's a major power move. And Lucian has caused trouble before. Right. I also thought it was interesting with Lucian is that she looks up and sees Lucian's brothers, but not his parents. They're not there. And it's... Did they choose not to be there? Were they not invited? Were they not invited? Were, is Lucian being in the pit a punishment to Lucian's mother for helping Farah in the hallway? Right. So they're not there. And it doesn't surprise me that the mom sort of wasn't there, but the dad too. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen him yet at all. Right. Because I believe this family... The dad is like, yeah, kill each other. That sounds like fun. Yeah. So it's not like he would be like, oh, no, you're, you're, I'm allowed to kill my kid, but mm. you're not allowed to kill my kid, Amarantha. So right. maybe he's also comforting the mom. Like, even if he doesn't love Lucian. Right. Maybe there's some, like, love towards his wife type deal. Right. Right. So I noticed that. Um, she does say when she sees the spikes, I really liked this line. Even from a distance, I could see the heat rippling off of them. And I was like, I know exactly what she's saying. Oh, yeah. That's a that was a very good description. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, <laughs> um, we are in sync. Okay, with our umming that everybody hates on podcasts. Um, listen, we're on like the fly. Um, I am not a communication major. Major like um, it'll be fine. Yeah, everybody hates me now. Go ahead. Well, they can get over it. Um, if they made it this far, <laughs> <laughs> I would say. I noticed this really doesn't, we've mentioned this before, but it really doesn't follow the convention in a lot of fantasy stories where, like, the person doesn't know how to read and then they learn how to read. Like, it wasn't like, haha, this poor human wouldn't know how to read. And, like, she's like, ha, but I did learn how to read. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, you, I could imagine that a twist in another story. It's like, here's like, still don't know how to read. <laughs> and it's like, you're taunting me, but you're taunting me in a way you don't even realize you're taunting me. Mm -hmm. I'm just, yeah, yeah. And she also, I mean, she mentions, Feyre mentions seeing Reese's eyes, his violet eyes, looking down at her. Mm -hmm. Feyre's always been very descriptive with eyes. She talks about Lucian's russet eye, about Tamlin's green emerald eyes. But violet's a very unique color. Oh, yeah. Only Reese and Elizabeth Taylor in all of history. Mm -hmm. That's what I read. <laughs> so I just like I like that she sees him looking through the bars at her. And then we find out the tattoo is operational. It's always yes. been brainstormed till now. Yes, it's been speculative. Um, yeah. And then like, of course, it's just more like electric shock. Like, no, dull no. collar situation. But he couldn't help her until she started moving. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I want to know. Which leads me to pour on the reason where it's like, I think it's a riddle where it would have made sense to fairies and not humans when mm -hmm. Reese is like, it's this answer. Right. But also. Maybe he carved it into the wall. Maybe it's <laughs> like, his. Knows? He's working Maybe he do. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because he knows. He knows so much more about her because he's been in her head mm -hmm. and he's been keeping it secret. So he knows she can't read and he's, he's going to help out. Um, I thought it was interesting that this is what breaks her. And it actually makes a lot of sense to me because it was like, sh this is an occasion where she couldn't even put up a fight. Yeah. She couldn't have a fighting chance. And 
she was very close to death and feeling like she was going to die and in, in in a way where she could do nothing and also couldn't protect her friend who was going to get killed too so right. i i think to me it's like been a hard journey thus, thus far to this point and that this is her like emotional breaking point made a lot of sense to me it was very emotionally honest yeah this was nothing that there was nothing she could do about it i mean the only thing she's riddling out in her head is she says i'm gonna pick two because it's like me and tamlin Mm -hmm. one is like amarantha and three is like my sisters oh yeah and it's like that's it so pick two what what number would you pick if you had to pick between one two and three um i would never go with the middle i would go with yeah i i I feel like i'm a I would go if i'm just picking between one two and three i feel like i would pick three with no other context Mm. also Three is also Farah, Lucian, and Tamlin. Right. Bros on bros. Wow. So rude. I also, like, I think I would probably reach out with my right hand to go for three and then switch. Right. And go for all the way left with one. I would probably end up I think if I was given three choices, I would never pick number one without any other context. Hmm. Like, I just think part of me would be like, you can't pick the first answer. It's gotta be this or this. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Do you not pick A on multiple choice? Well, if I knew the answer's right. Oh, I see. But But I feel like teachers less likely put A as the first one because they want kids to have to read all of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're writing your own test. Um, but then, yeah, she's about to collapse, have a panic attack, depression, whatever. And he's and like in her head and he's like, don't, he's like, don't, don't let don't. her see you cry. Stand up. He tells her like the confidence move. Stand up, shoulders back, stare her down, walk the fuck out of here and make people get out of your way. Cry later. And that makes me wonder, is that what Reese is doing? Is he head up, shoulders back, walk yeah. out of here and don't let them see you cry? I don't think he's crying, but he's definitely purposely not showing weakness in front of other people okay i definitely we just definitely saw that when he had to like kill the other person that there right. was like no like picking lint off his tunic, right black tunic yeah and then of course <laughs> he licks her face she comes a visitor and licks her face which does get her to stop panic attacking because i mean it is just so weird <laughs> why did you lick my face that's what i would say because he's is that a weird. valid question <laughs> it's creepy and like sexual and also gross I don't know. I I was baffled the first time I read this. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That <laughs> Nobody's ever licked my face. And uh, you would not let them. No. No. I don't even like it when people like touch my eyebrows. <laughs> You're definitely not licking my face. Yeah. Um, Still like gross. Yeah. Who knows? I did like the three choice thing, though. I feel like Indiana Jones with the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. Hermione and the potions test. Um, the three different colors when you're trying to cut a wire, getting rid of a bomb. Oh, I yeah. was like, there's a lot of times that you see a hero in this yeah, situation, yeah, uh, where you have to kind of guess. So that was interesting. Do you have mm-hmm. a quote? I do have a quote. I have. Sometimes, if I stared at the ceiling long enough, it became the vast expanse of the starry night sky, and I became a small, unimportant thing that blew away in the wind. Mm. That's nice. I feel like that's all of human existence. Yeah. <laughs> of course, she's having like infinite grief. She's in great despair at this point. Right. So, I have a quote from the uh, challenge that really sunk in with me. Mm-hmm. She said, The world was just a blur of letters mocking me with their turns and shapes. And man, have I felt that as a I struggling reader. Definitely underlined that. Um, as a contender, and I also thought about Allie relates. To this, <laughs> I, I relate get. to it. Yeah, so I definitely, much. I definitely underlined that as a okay. So, chapter forty-one. Yes, baby. Uh, I called it. It's the song that never ends. Oh, I gave it the title. Um, Pharaoh's bout with. Now, now I'm going to say it wrong. Pharaoh's bout with synesthesia which is when people see um color when they're listening to music nice so here's the summary second trial she won she is distressed and bored and on autopilot and having a nervous breakdown after her second month in this cell uh she finds out that the king of highburn is pissed at amarantha through the twins sleuthing and then the third test comes Mm-hmm. or is coming okay. up okay so this is rough this is this is rough um 
Honestly, I again, like I kind of said, I thought the emotions felt really true and that this would be the breaking point. Um, Everything here felt true to actual PTSD. Right. Like, she is going through something. She's like, I actually looked forward to restrugging me at night. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of negative self-talk. Like, hey, I hope the third task will kill me. A lot of, like, really dark emotions that people feel after trauma. I thought this was very delicately written, Mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, it was well done. And she even thinks about, like, why am I doing this in the first place? I'm fighting for decades. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, Tamlin's going to live forever without me anyway. What? What is even the point? Right. She can't even see the forest through the trees after being so boldly barging into Under the Mountain yeah. um, for love. And so it's like, that's just like how broken down she is. Yeah, I mean, 60 days in a cell with people taunting you and tormenting you and drugging you like and f- and and putting you in situations where you're going to die and getting yeah. injured and healed and injured and healed like I can't imagine. Yeah. That's brutal. Crazy. It's brutal. It's, it's very brutal. Um but the twins come to get her again. The, ha- how like checked out Feyre is is she's like I don't even know their names. Well, they haven't told her. I feel like they're super silent. And that's part of the, you know, when I said the foil between the Shadow Maidens and Alice. Alice, for sure. Um, So she hasn't known their name. Of course, this is where we get a little bit of a twisty twist mm-hmm. in this chapter. The Shadow Maidens are also a little spy spies. Spies for Mr. Reese. Yes. So when they first pulled her in, pulled her into like the little alcove or whatever they were doing, I was like, are they scared of the Adder too? And I was like, oh, no, they want to listen to him. They want to listen in. And we got some interesting information in that overheard in that conversation. Yeah, we find out that uh, the king is not happy with Amarantha's little deal with Feyre. He was already pissed about her going off the rails with Jurian. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, is she doing this again? And it's, I think that kind of points to like, there is another level of antagonist in this larger world. Right. We also have, it's like, Hey, she's like a little f- too focused on being cruel and playing games and playing with their food. And I'm like, I'm a strategy man over here. Like, get it together, girl. Yeah, I think, too, that it, it points to the fact that there is a bigger political schema happening. Mm-hmm. And Amarantha is just a small part of it. And and the way the uh, sort of whoever was talking to the Adder who was from Hyberon. Um, the crony. The crony, the messenger, the envo- envoy. He was like, he he flexed some power over the Adder, and you're like, oh, the king of Hybron has some leverage, power, something over Amarantha that even the Adder, who's used to being like flexing his stuff, like so tough, that scary. is like has to has to kind of, you know, yeah, he 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 has to. You know, if you're if you if Amarantha was a tougher one, he could just be dismissive of this envoy. But mm-hmm. the envoy's being like, uh, get get in line, buddy. Yeah, I I just I don't want to talk about the twins too much yet because once we learn, are they that, actual twins? Yeah. Okay. Once we learn more about them and their names, I think it like will be and like their species of fairy. I think we'll have like more to go See, on. But I have to remember sometimes that this is like a giant book series because like they'll always be one off characters. You'll be like, well, we learn more about them, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was going to learn more about them. Okay, <laughs> okay, they'll be back. They'll be back. <laughs> I guess it makes sense if they were going into Night Court next uh, book. Yeah, and then I mean there is. I, I, just the, a huge time jump. She's like, days are flying by. There aren't any chores. Mm-hmm. She wakes up. She sits in her cell all day and is sad. And then Reese takes her to the night thing. And then she is on repeat. Bam, bam, mm-hmm. bam. Mm-hmm. But then there is this time where she is like very close to breaking. Her task, her third task is coming up tomorrow. And there is two and a half to three or four pages of her talking about this music that she right. sees and the light going through her cell and the way that it sounds and the melody. Like, she wants to have sex with this song. Well, obviously, the song is reminding her of Tamlin and Spring Court and, sure. like, the festivals there. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Is this a delusion or is this actual music? Now, my initial idea was that it was actual music being sent sort of 
by Tamlin or his allies to sort of buoy her emotionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe some there's some 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 magic in the music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's it. That's the thought. Yeah, I mean, she's gotten a lot of help from a lot of different people so far. You know, from Lucian, mm-hmm. from Lucian's mom, from Reese. So it's like very very from from the two twins it's mm-hmm. very plausible that there are other people who want to keep her spirits up right absolutely right. other fairies i'm sorry not people excuse me listeners it's gonna make a joke <laughs> fairies are people too <laughs> that i was like make a face at me <laughs> that I, was, I was just like repressing like <laughs> things i was gonna say <laughs> it's so important right um the, the music is very important it really does keep her going and then mm-hmm. she's just like the third task is tomorrow right right all right, this is, this is, this is, my note was in the wrong order. Yeah, tell me. But I have another additional thoughts about the riddle. Yeah, tell the me riddle, more. The riddle, the mm-hmm. riddle. Um, it makes me even think more Aunt Marantha's answer to her riddle is love, that she came out and made the second task a riddle, because it's like, this human girl is so bad at answering this very obvious riddle when she came here for love, and I made a riddle about love, and she doesn't know the answer that I'm making the second task a riddle because she's bad at riddles. I mean, that's I I I feel a little bit more logic because I I think maybe Amaretta's like this bitch is horrible at wordplay. Let's <laughs> get her. But fairies are also unnaturally good at wordplay, which makes this so unfair. Yeah, I I, I don't know if they're that. They're that unnaturally good. The book has demonstrated it. Supposedly, Not in this book, but I feel like fairies they tell in general. Us, they tell us that all the time, but yeah, but I knows, quite yeah. haven't gotten that yet. Okay. Not in this they're just, book. Series. They're just slightly manipulative, mm. you know. I did look up healing music, actually. Mm. Um, and the sound and rhythm of music promotes good physical, mental, and emotional health. Healing songs are those that are positively evoke emotions mm. or memories, like yeah. you said, helping individuals cope with stress, depression, anxiety, trauma, and other difficult mm-hmm. experiences in their life. Okie dokie. So this is real. You can do this for yourself if you're having a bad day. Find a song that evokes good memories. Christmas music, mostly for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can just listen to Christmas Every songs. retail worker is like, no. <laughs> but we're, we're different. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're, di- we're different. Mm. I'm a different kind of girl. Right. Not a retail worker. <laughs> I'm a teacher. For me, Christmas means off. I know. All right. School, exactly. All school, all school. <laughs> awesome. Um, you have a quote? You have a quote. I cried for that trivial part of me, once so full of color and light, now hollow and dark and empty. Mm, I took note of that, too, when I was writing things down. Um, I wrote two things. I wrote, even then, I clung to the music, gripping it like a ledge that kept me from falling. And then the second one was, it wasn't music to dance to. It was music to worship. Mm. Very true. <laughs> very church take me to church that's, that's music to worship <laughs> um, chapter 41 my chapter title is real talk with reese last kiss with tamlin okay not ever just for right now <laughs> what she thinks i guess is the last kiss with tamlin right all right summary time summary all right so we are going to the last party before the third task Farah is not drunk and uh tamlin kind of like walks by her and like gives you know like the movies and they give a little look and like you follow me over here and then you have to walk separately and then you meet up in a closet oh yeah wait i'm changing my title to seven minutes in heaven okay okay go ahead (laughs) all right and they go and they start making out they don't talk but they start making out and then reese interrupts and actually uses some sound logic to break up the little love fest and send tamlin on his way and then he kisses pharaoh when the doors are about to open because amarantha's like what's going on back here so they're making out for a minute um and then after the then he sends her back to the part to the cell without ever getting her drunk and then Reese later comes to Favorite Cell and has some real talk as per my title. And we can get into that yeah. as we discuss. I mean, let's. First of all, like, everybody's distracted. It's the last night before the last task. I think the people who want her to lose are excited about her losing. The people who want her to win are excited about her winning. 
So nobody's really paying attention to her tonight. No. And I feel like Reese was purposefully not getting her drunk. I don't know if there's a fairy wine hangover, but I assume. Yeah, I mean, that could could absolutely be a motivation. He's been trying to help her so far, so why not? Right. Um, And, of course, like I said, we have the little sneak off. With Tam. With Tam. I just, there's no, like, word, mincing of word, like, words here at all. Like, why not, like, I love you. You've done, I'm so proud of you. You've done such a good job. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. After, he does. He does say "I love you," but that's like after. They at have the to, end, I know when he's walking out. I like. I was very disappointed with him here. I feel like he's a better person than that. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like a few chapters ago, you were like, he's kind of like not doing anything, and now I'm like, you're kind of not doing anything. I need you to like send even a message through Lucian, through something. Through anyone, even if Lucian's being watched. You've got other Spring Court people there. Right. Like, do. So, yeah, it's been like, but I, I for for the flip side, it makes the dramatic effect of Feyre's, what Feyre has to do, more dramatic. Because mm-hmm. she's doing it with nothing. Yeah. She, oh, she loves him so much. Yeah. So much. Like, with all of her being. Mm-hmm. And this makes me, like, question, like, does Tamlin love her that much? Or does he just want her? Because that's what it seems like in this moment. I don't, I don't know. know. If it's desperate. that, I think it might be, like, your emotions are so overpouring that it's, like, I just, I don't know if I'm going to see you again. I don't know if I can save you. You've been doing all these amazing things, and finally I have a crack. and. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean, it's true. Speak louder than words. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, he might just like run at her and just like I miss you, I love you, like pouring it all into this one moment. Moment. Mm-hmm. But of course, Reese notices. Oh yeah, because he's not an idiot. He ain't. He ain't no fool. He's the type to scan the room every three. He has radar on everybody yeah, in that he room. <laughs> he's distracted by some this other fae, green fairy girl, but he isn't. Of course, you know he he comes in and is like, stop it, stop Tamla it, leave. stop. <laughs> And, like, you know, what is Amaranth going to do if she finds you here? Like, Right. He's like, duh. Like, she still thinks that you are going to fall in love with her. Right. Like, she does not want to be a fairy slighted twice. Jilted. Twice. twice. Like, that'll piss her the fuck off. And then, of course, you know, we always talk about uh, literary conventions and stories. And this isn't so much a convention, but it's a trope. The someone else is about to walk in so to cover up your lie you start making out mm-hmm. like and sometimes it's like you know when someone's like oh we're breaking into their office to find important documents during the fancy party and it's like oh now the female spy and male spy had to make out because someone's about security guards coming by but mm-hmm. it's like oh you know so i was like uh, but of course that's always part of the building romantic you know sexual tension so i was like well it's a well-worn trope it's a good trope though it is a good trope. It's a good and trope. <laughs> it, like, Feyre says she sees Tamlin just, like, walk away because he can't even handle it. But even he has to be smart enough to understand what Reese was doing. He's, yeah, there that would I was like, come on. Come on. Pull it together, man. Yeah, like, he can't be blinded by rage so much here. And, like, Amarantha, though, her eyes, she's kind of mad. She likes being in control of Reese, and I think she kind of knows that Reese has flings maybe with other fairies but for him to go for a human and mm-hmm. for tamlin to go for a human after that's what happened with jurian or her, the sister and all the mess i think she's pissed off but i also think she's not as pissed off as if it had been tamlin oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so sure. tamlin is the, the the man the fae she really wants mm-hmm. Reese is her plaything. Yeah, it's her eye And candy. she's possessive of him, but not so possessive that other people can't do stuff. Right. So it's a good cover. And it's like, yeah, it seems about right with what everything Reese has been doing and, mm-hmm. and, and with, with Feyre publicly. So, yeah, she's not happy about it, but it's not like brutal mm-hmm. like it would be if it was for Tamlin and for Feyre oh, if yeah. they were walked in oh, on. Oh, yeah. Right. 
So, so what? Uh, we just went in sync again. So, so <laughs> that's because we have the same cadence. Sisters. <laughs> I meant to bring this up in the last chapter. Amarantha calls Farah Farah darling, which is mm. what Reese called her. And I was thinking about how people who spend a lot of time together talk the same. <laughs> and I, then we're Case doing said it. Point. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, we're back in Farah's cell. Right, right, and right. She feels the shift and darkness of the air, mm-hmm. and he is. The proper boy who is fully must and upset. Mm. That is my favorite look. My husband is always, my partner, is always very, very, very put together. And when he is like hair askew, a little Mm -hmm. bit unshaven, I think it is so adorable because it's so rare. Mm -hmm. I love it. And like I put in the title, we have Real Talk with Reese. And he kind of spills his motivations Fills his guts a little. Um, and it kind of is in line with the things that we've been witnessing throughout these last couple chapters and speculating on that, um, you know, he wants Amarantha out of the picture. Yeah. He's like riling up Tamlin he's on riling purpose. up Tamlin on purpose. So she'll kill Amarantha when the powers are returned. He and goes, for heaven's sakes, Feyre, you, do you ever wonder why I drug you and don't touch you? Right. Like, He's being very smart. And he's like, you know, it's it's interesting. But then I'm like, do I completely trust him? <laughs> Allie's shaking your head. You I can't. Mean, you you can't, can't. He's a you baddie. Can't. He's a baddie. And I mean, all these things are in line with the things we've been witnessing in the story. So I think they're partially true. I think his motivation might be more complicated, though. Mm. I don't think he's just... For the good of the night court, I think he might be a little more power hungry. Maybe he wants to step into Amarantha's power vacuum. Maybe he also wants, maybe he wants Amarantha to, and Tamlin to take each other out. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's not so just, you cut know. Cut and dry. Cut and dry. Um, so that she can trust him. So I think, I think there's honesty here, but I think there's more that is not being said. Yeah. I, I think there's a really important undernote here where. He's Reese says to Feyre, there is there's more at stake here than this game. Like my territory, I'm sure Tamlin has expressed similar things to you. Mm-hmm. And Feyre thinks he hasn't, actually. All he expressed was, I don't like taking care of my people. It's a burden. That's what he has said. That's true. Versus Reese, who's like, this is a bigger game. Right. It's a bigger play. Mm-hmm. So we have these two leaders who have and we, oh, we find out that Reese killed Tamlin's family. He says, I, I killed his father and brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, and she's of course, like, Tamlin doesn't like his father and brother, or at least doesn't respect them for the way they did things. Correct. But this is like another thing that Tamlin was not honest with her about that Reese is. It is true. I got to say, I got to say, these last couple chapters, even when Tamlin does things like, Makes her dress in that ridiculous outfit and then licks her tears away oh, off Reese, her face. When Reese does. Did I said say Tamlin. <laughs> okay, when Reese does those ridiculous things, I'm still like, you're, you're more interesting than the Tamlin. <laughs> Tamlin's just like a sad sack. Well, that's what's so. Oh, why am I like this? Why am I picking the toxic? I mean, Tamlin's kind of toxic too. He's toxic in that like repressed emotions type of way. Yeah, and like Reese is. Um, toxic and like the bad touch type of way <laughs> yeah well i think we're trying we're here like figuring out that both of them have over 500 years of drama and we have been privy to nine months of it right so maybe we have to find out more about both these guys because it is a little bit wilder than we originally thought mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think another thing we found out that um amarantha that Reese is actually Amarantha's whore, mm-hmm. not just her lackey. Yeah. She's also forcing him. him to have sex. Yeah. So that is that. terrible. That's yeah. terrible. Oh, I, there's so much. I also think, though, what an interesting story to make this powerful woman a sexual abuser. Mm-hmm. of this extraordinarily powerful man and like from what we can tell it's partially by choice on reese's like he's playing it partially it part he's playing the game he is playing but the that's game. still not true it's right. not enthusiastic consent no 
it is an enthusiastic consent and it's also because she can control him and take pieces of his power Mm -hmm. this there's a power differential yeah this is like the bill clinton monica Lewinsky thing like the power makes it not okay the power differential you're saying amarantha is bill clinton give her a saxophone let's find out Uh, yeah possibly (laughs) this is the second time i brought up bill clinton on this podcast what is my problem Allie? if you guys don't know if you came here first she runs a Allie has a history podcast so or her story podcast truly so i mean that's the references you're gonna get yeah i'm sorry in this house in this house i just can't um are we are we at well i do like before we get to quotes Mm -hmm. um no never mind (laughs) you know what uh i think that uh yeah never mind no wait (laughs) The the end of the chapter is so fun because He's about to leave again. Feyre loves to do this. Every time Reese is about to walk away, she says something all the way back from Cal Nye. Mm-hmm. He's about to walk away. She starts talking. Um, and she makes the very bold statement, when you healed my arm, you could have asked for every day and I would have given it to you. And she's like, that wasn't a question. I'm just saying it to see what he says. And he says, I know. Wowza. Mm. Wowza. He could have stolen her forever from tamlin i know it's nice nice what a power play on reese's part to to let her know he could have and chose not to Mm -hmm. power play power play yeah all right let's do quotes quote quote time Mm -hmm. all right i have two quotes it's a quote and an anti-quote um my quote a good one is from Reese when Amaranth or when Farah is asking about why Amarantha targets him, and he says, "Beyond the obvious, he gestured to his perfect face." Mm. I just love. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. The 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 vanity, even though it's like a self-effacing vanity, is the condescendingly is cocky boy is very like when There's they're making something. fun of themselves. It's but something yeah. cute about it. But also when they're like, look how pretty I am. Like it's not like, oh, muscles. Look how handsome <laughs> I am. They're like, besides my beautiful face, I'm so pretty. I love Hi, it. Everybody. I love it. It makes me think of briefly of um. In Hal's Moving Castle, while Hal freaks out when his hair is dyed the wrong color, and he, it, which is a, it's in the movie, and it is exactly ripped from the book. The book and the movie are very different, but he has a scene where he freaks out because he accidentally dyes his hair the wrong color, and it's like, oh, I love a vain male protagonist that are <laughs> like vain in a, in almost a, I don't know what I was gonna mean. Like I, wanna, I don't want to say an effeminate sort of way, but like in a. And not in like a macho man kind of way. Like yeah. I'm trying to look good. I'm trying to be pretty, like and fashionable. It's right. fun. There's a totally different like vibe for different types of beauty. Yes. And I like the very um beautiful male beauty, especially when they it's not Hemsworth beauty. It is Chris Evans beauty. Does that make Interesting. sense? <laughs> I think they sense? I think they're different, but not, I, I I okay. I would okay. say Chris Evans is more pretty. I mean and the Hemsworths true. are more like I'm from Australia. Yeah, I mean they, yeah. I'm very, <laughs> very sorry, Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was, that was a lapse in judgment. I think I mean and I think there's people who are even more pretty than Chris Evans, but I, I agree. could go I down my pretty boys in the um MCO. Yeah. All right. This is also an MCU family. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Here's my anti-quote, and it may be the um, asexual me speaking, but I hated every second of this. Um, Our tongues dance, not a waltz or a minute, but a war dance, a death dance of bow drums and screaming fiddles. And I put um, an intro bang. <laughs> I have the exact same quote written down. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I have it with a little, um, an intro bang is when you have, like, the uh, question mark and the exclamation uh-huh. point. Um, oh, I didn't know that had a name. Yeah. And um, that's my new thing for the day. I, I hated it. I hated every moment of that. Um, again, not a war, I... not a waltz or a minuet, but a war dance. I was like, stop. First of all, anytime I've had to kiss with tongue, it's always been, how do I get this situation to end? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. other kissing is nice. No, biting a neck that's sexy mm-hmm. details about tongues in mouths 
I never want to hear it about it again. <laughs> I never want to hear about your war dance tongues. Yeah. I was like, weirdos. what? That can't be that pleasant. That can't be that passionate. I feel, slow I, your tongue down. <laughs> I wrote it down just because I thought it was interesting the way she described it. I was like, wow, though. A little too much for um, me. But the, the actual quote, I did write that down, but the actual quote that I thought was nice for Feyre to acknowledge. She said, regardless of his motives or his methods, Rasand was keeping me alive and had done so even before I stepped foot under the mountain. Mm, it's true. She says it in her brain. Let's do predictions. Predictions. Here we go. I've got it. three things. Third task. We have had a knowledge task, which mm-hmm. she failed, but no one knows she failed except for Reese and maybe Tamlin. Maybe Lucian. They know she can't read. Right. And then a uh physical hunting task which she passed with flying colors except right. for that she almost died what is the third counterpart to this okay Ron's brains heart heart i think what she had to save lucian in the second one what if she is put against like say tamlin i don't think it would be lucian again like what if she is put opposed the person she's trying to save interesting so like they're in some sort of booby trap or you're both in a booby trap and you either save yourself or save them this is like a spider-man situation maybe it's a spider-man or it's like you you have to yeah i don't know i don't know how it'll work out but uh, that's as much thought as i was given to the third task i'm just along on the ride so uh, that's i feel like be the next cruel twisted thing that she Mm -hmm. could possibly do oh yeah Okay. okay um if she wins what is Amarantha going to do? And then if she loses, these are my other two predictions. What is Amarantha going to do? So both situations, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. What, did the, what were the conditions of the deal again? If so she the wins? conditions of the deal are if she wins, the curse is broken. If she says the answer to the riddle, the curse is broken. So if the curse is broken, that's obviously a whole big power disruption because people get their powers back, right? Mm-hmm. The f- high fae. Yeah. So that plunges Fairyland, or Prithian as the Plebeians call it, into um, war and struggle. Um, and obviously is not going to die in this book. Obviously. Obviously, right? <laughs> no, wait. She's gonna be alive. I think we talked about the other books. Um, Maybe it's just a ghost of her. All right, shut up. If uh, I can't be close to you, see, and if I mean, if she loses, and if that's the possibility, if she loses, maybe people who are banking fa- fairies who are banking on Am- on Pharaoh winning will rise up but i don't know if that's gonna happen this is what my prediction this is my prediction prediction. it is a real it's a uh what's the expression like a swing at the wall like i figured this is like last couple chapters last episode coming up so this is i'm gonna go hardcore i usually try to hedge my bets but this is what i'm gonna do hardcore i think amarantha will be defeated by the end of this book maybe not completely out of the picture but the power she has now will be she'll be defeated but i think she might be defeated outright um but that will open us up to a whole bunch of more drama and villains including whatever reese is doing the hyperon king intercourt power struggles any sort of counter curses or deals that come out of this fallout any of Amarantha's minions who want their slice of the pie or revenge. Um, and of course, I keep trying to remember, there's another part of the curse. There's another part of the blight that we don't know about yet. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the faintest. I think, I think, I, okay, this is another one. This is far thought. I'd even write this one down. I'm thinking... There's another part. Reese is, 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 is making moves. He's not just trying to keep Pharaoh alive. He's trying to get Pharaoh to like him. I mean, he's been doing a lot of things to make her not like him. But 
he's got long-term plans he's like you got to come and hang out with me for a week every month so i can after this is all done i can eventually like wear you down and make you fall in love with me right like that's got to be the plan right there's something there's something there and there's another part of the curse that we don't know about and the surreal said stay with the high lord right that's what the surreal said maybe stay that whole maybe the high lord is reese maybe it's someone else i think i, I can't tell think... you the other one's names yet i can't wait to tell you them surreal um was there any other part of the predictions i just don't know I, there's another part of the curse and maybe it's something that like because it's like tamlin you got to get this woman who hates fairies to fall in love with you but maybe it's like also if someone else who killed your family and he makes that her the human fall in love with him first fuck you like i don't know <laughs> i don't know i think there's something else and i think reese is playing games to get at that something else but i don't know i love it okay so that's my swing i love your wall. journey good i do think i don't know amarantha she is a delicious villain but you can't keep this status quo for a, the rest of the series. We're already, this was like, it seemed like the big bad. And we're already here. We're already under the mountain. We're already toes to the wall. That's not it. That's not the expression. We're toes to the grindstone? To, I, nose I feel, to the grindstone. It's nose to the grindstone and it's balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> we're already there. We're toes in on it. the chopping block? It, we're in it. So it's like, it, it can't just keep going like this. I think it has to be like, Oh, you thought you've saved Fairylands? There's everything else going on. Sure. So I, I, I think she's just she's just a little baby villain who is like, oh, you think this is the biggest problem? She's the end right. of level one, man. Yeah, that's it. Like, I think it's almost like a going to be like a twist. Like, it's oh, like, oh yeah, like her. this is the rest of it. Um, so yeah, those okay. are my predictions. Who knows? There's only four chapters left. How how is this story going to resolve? Well, because we're not going to resolve all of it. <laughs> I know, I know. But, but like something, there has to be a climax to to this. Yeah, we'll find out. Okay, you'll find you'll find out. Um, okay. okay. So I am giving three hot spikes to Reese for licking Feyre's face. I think he can heal himself from that. So I am pissed at you. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Get your tongue off my face. All right. I only came over one. I find this part to be the hardest part of preparing is trying to give people awards. <laughs> so I gave five chessboards for Reese for all the games he's playing. Ooh, good. I am giving five songs to Feyre for making it through her hard days. Get your songs going, girl. Yep, that's all I got. All right. Next week, we are reading from chapter 43 through the end of the book. Mm. We're going to close it down, talk a little about it. Close it down, close it out. And then we're going to... Mess it up. Yeah, then we're going to spend a week talking about this book and predicting about Mist and Fury, the green one. The green one and the blue one look very close. If someone was colorblind, they'd be... Yeah, but Starlight's so skinny. Frost and Starlight Mm. is the blue one, I believe. So it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, okay, everyone. We love you so much. We will see you in the future. Or you'll, well, you'll hear us. We won't see you or hear you. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> you don't matter to us. No. <laughs> she never said that. Goodbye. You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on HerStoryOnTheRocks.com. See you next week.